0: Hopefully you will have caught this already, but this Sunday is our Global Partnership Sunday. Um, and it was great, wasn't it, to hear from our global partners a bit about how they've got to where they are. And I just um, love how different they are. And just in some of the things that they said, there was like a real certainty of a, a call or a, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. and um, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of wisdom in that, I think. So I'd encourage you to um, have a watch and listen of that again um, at some point later this week. Um, so, at this point, I'd kind of love to know where you're all at. Um, because it's Global Partnership Sunday. Um, the title of this talk is, Therefore Go, um, some words that Jesus said in the Bible. So, what do you do, and where do you go with that? Um, So maybe your head has already moved on because you've guessed what I might say, um, and you've ruled yourself out of this stuff. Moving you and your family and whatever is attached to you um, abroad, becoming a missionary, um, that's definitely not for you. So you can sit back, relax, start thinking about dinner. Um, and what you're gonna do with the rest of your day. But here are three quick reasons why I'd ask you to just stay with this for the next 20 minutes or so. Um, The first one, therefore go, is so much bigger than booking a one-way ticket to a country you've never heard of. Like Jesus' words are not just for the select few, we're all in second thing, um, as I've already said, I love the diversity amongst our global partners. They're all in different life stages, with different backgrounds, different characters, in different places, with different stories as to how they got to where they're at. Like We don't all need to be the same, thank goodness. No one is excluded. So um, the third thing, never say never. And here's why I've got a little photo for you to see. Next one, yeah, <laughs> so I've, I've shared this before, um, but when I started coming to church here 16 years ago, I was very cynical about what I thought being a Christian looked like, like I wanted no part of what I saw as being this kind of like Christian cliche. So I swore, probably literally, that I would never be one of those people who went off to Africa, lived in a mud hut with no electricity or running water. And yet, here I am. I I don't know if you can see the slightly crazed look in my eyes, but it's there. Stood outside um, a church in a village in West Africa. Um, This was my last Sunday there. Um, I'd preached in a language that I could barely speak. Um, And I'm actually wearing two African dresses there, because I was presented with one, because it was my last Sunday, and I had to put it over the one that I was already wearing, hence why I'm looking slightly kind of, what am I doing? But yeah, so God did some unexpected stuff in me um, that meant that going to live in West Africa for nine months seemed like a good idea. And I was more surprised than anyone else. Um, But that's God, isn't it? Like he's in the business of doing the unexpected. So never say never. Um, Right, I'm I'm just gonna pray. Uh, Father God, Yeah, wherever we're at right now, um, will you speak to us? Um, Yeah, Jesus, thank you that your, your words are for every single one of us here. Yeah, I pray that we will hear you this morning. Will you give us courage and boldness to respond to whatever you're saying? Amen. So, um, let's get stuck into the bits from the Bible that we're going to focus on today. Um, If you want to follow along, please do, and the words will also be on the screen behind me. Um, So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 28, um, and also from Acts chapter 1. Um, These verses are from the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. Um, But before we read them, here's a little bit of context. Um, So Jesus has spent 30 or so years living as God's Son, and a human being on earth. He spent three years inviting people to follow him, teaching them what that looks like, doing all sorts of miracles and causing controversy. Um, He's been put to death on a cross and come back to life. That's obviously huge. Um, And then he spent some time with his followers, and now Jesus is about to say, bye for now and head back to heaven. And this is where we come in. So, Matthew 28, um, from verse 16. Um, This is the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, And this next bit, this is from Acts. It's a different version of the same events. So it's chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's where we're going this morning. We're going to look at these verses, at Jesus' words, and ask these questions. What, who, where, how, and why? Hopefully in that order. Um, And we're going to think about how we respond to this um, as we share communion together. So uh, first of all, say what. What what are these words that we've just read? Um, So Jesus' words have been titled at some point in time, the Great Commission. And this has probably been added by Bible translators as they've tried to break up the text and make it a little bit easier for us to digest. But this is a bold statement, isn't it? Like the word commission means an instruction, command, or role given to a person or group. And this isn't just a commission or the commission. This is the Great Commission. Like it sounds like it should be in capital letters at the very least, or it's got kind of like a sit up straight and listen feel to it and maybe a bit of a fanfare. Um, but as I, as I read it again and have a think of... Ab- I'm going to read... Sorry, I'm going to read these verses again. Um, and as I do that, I want you to have a think about how you are hearing Jesus' words here. Like what's, what's the tone that he's speaking. And how does, it, how does it feel for you as you're listening? So have a think about that as I read this. So Jesus said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And for me... I'm just um, kind of wondering if, like, I've been missing something here. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I hear and believe the weight and depth of Jesus' words. But I just kind of wonder, like, are we missing Jesus' smile? Like, the celebration and the anticipation in his voice as as he invites his disciples and us into an adventure with him. Like, sometimes I think we make Jesus just a bit too monotone and boring and serious. And we kind of take out the fun. And when we do that, we rule ourselves out of things that Jesus says because we think they're too big for us. Like, as I said at the start, I'm 100% convinced that this invitation, this commission is for all of us. Which gets us to the who. And this might be my favourite bit, if you're allowed favourite bits. Um, Like, we've got to read the context of Jesus' words, of his commission. Like, what's happening when he's speaking? So, his 11 disciples have already seen Jesus in person back from the dead, and they've heard him to. Uh, They've heard him tell them to go and meet him on this specific mountain. They've listened and they've done that. So that all sounds good because everyone's done all the right things in the right order. Then we read verse 17, which is genuinely awesome. It says, um, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Like, this is huge. Like, some doubted. I... I think this is really cool and really encouraging. And I'm not celebrating the fact that some of the disciples were unconvinced and conflicted. But I am celebrating the fact that Jesus wasn't just speaking to the ones who were all in, sold out, and fully on board. His invitation to go was to all of them. Including the ones who weren't even sure that Jesus was really alive like that's that's huge isn't it like his invitation to go was for all of them not just the ones who had it sorted the ones who are asking questions and this is something that i need we i think that we need to remind ourselves of most days like jesus is for all of us like he's not asking for perfection for all the right answers to the tough questions. He's not demanding a certain like, level of Christian points before he asks us to get off our backsides and go to wherever that might be. But Jesus is for, actively for, all of us. Like He takes our doubts, our questions, our disappointments, and he says, great. I can do something really exciting with you and all of that. Let's go. And you know what? I, I do think it really is that simple. Like weighty and life-transforming, of course, um, but simple. Like Jesus' invitation is to all of us. Take a deep breath. So, what about the where? Where are we being invited to go? Jesus is pretty explicit about this. He says to all nations in Matthew, and even better because it's even more fun and dramatic, he says in Acts, to the ends of the earth. And I imagine him saying that like that. He probably didn't. Um, but basically, the where is anywhere and everywhere. And I think sometimes um, we're tempted to make these words, to turn them into something that they're not. Like we make these verses about uh, leaving our home and moving to another country to reach the holy grail of Christian living and become a missionary. Like we elevate that core above anything else and in doing so, exclude most of us from Jesus' invitation. And... Like, that's not the deal here, like it might be, remember, never say never. But yeah, this, Jesus' words aren't meant to exclude us. Like, Jesus is inviting us to go anywhere and everywhere with him. And this might mean you live in the same place your whole life. You might move around the UK, you might go to Wales. Um, and you might spend time in other parts all over the world. And then there's the nitty gritty, like within these places. Like Jesus' invitation to go extends to chatting with your neighbor over the road, your weekly Asda or other supermarket shop. You're walking to and from the school gates, you're going to work, you're eating food, you're going to the pub, playing sport, anything and everything. Like, none of these are better or more important than the other. Like, Jesus is inviting all of us to go to different places and to do life with different people. And this is a quote from a guy called Chris Lane. Um, He says, God is at work in all places and at all times. I get offended when I hear a place or person being described as godless because I think that's an offence to our God, who is always reaching out, always seeking the lost, always bringing his light into the darkest places. He asks that we follow him to those people and places. So I, just, I want to encourage you, don't write off your people and your places. Like whether, whether they are asylum seekers in Bristol, kids that you're teaching in Zambia, your mates at work at Aztec West, whether it's in Calcutta, Myanmar, California, Hawfield, like Jesus invites us to go with him and to do his stuff anywhere and everywhere. So hopefully, are you still with me? Great, sounds good? Nothing too controversial, I never asked that question. Um, it sounds good you're all with me, great, um, but also, I kind of wonder maybe this is one of those yeah, that's great, but I'm just not seeing this for me kind of moment like i I get that like I feel that like life is complicated it's full up, but this is Jesus like Jesus doesn't invite us into stuff to overwhelm us and to add more weight for us to carry like don't hear that in the words that we've read like Jesus wants us to live free light and life to the full and to do it with us like genuinely with us that's really important So let's keep pushing on through the questions. We're going to hit the how question now. And you might be pleased to know that this answer is simple. Well, um, it's one of those simple yet profound Jesus kind of answers. Um, When a a sentence starts with the word therefore, wherever that is in the Bible or anywhere else, you've always got to look at what's been said before before it. Like that's what the word therefore does. It points us to look back before moving forward. Like if we start Jesus at therefore go, which I realise is what I've done for this talk, um, but if we don't look back, we are literally missing the context that is so, so crucial to us in hearing this right. Like Jesus says in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go." Like, again, like, this, is, this is pretty huge because authority is important, isn't it? If your boss at work ask you, asks you to give an important presentation and they tell you it's because they believe in you and you're the best person to be doing this, like that counts, doesn't it? If you're given responsibility to go and do something, and have the backing of someone whose authority you respect, that that fills you with confidence. You're like, hmm, do you know what? Yeah, I think I can do this. And authority can be and is used in all kinds of terrible ways to um, yeah, abuse and coerce people into doing things, but like, that's why it's really important that we hear Jesus' words right. Like, he's not standing over us Angrily reminding us that he's the boss, so you better get on and do this because if you don't, there'll be eternal consequences. Like Jesus, Jesus isn't doing that. But Jesus is all about invitation, and what he's making clear here is that we are invited to go with him, with his full backing, with all the resources of heaven which is a massive relief isn't it because we know if we try and do this on our own in our way we're not going to get very far and it's probably not going to go very well but in acts jesus promises you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you he says that before he says to the ends of the earth like so so we can go We can go to our people and our places and we can make other followers of Jesus. We can baptize them. We can teach them the good and the life-changing difference that Jesus makes. Because Jesus tells us we can. And he promises to give us everything we need. And to be quite honest, that should be enough. Jesus tells us we can. And he promises to give us everything we need. And that authority bit um, starts this commission and ends with, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. I will be with you wherever, forever. Like that's, as I said, that should be enough. Like what more? What more do we want? What more are we looking for? That question's aimed at myself more than anyone else. Um, but yeah. Lastly, let's uh, let's have a look at the why question. Um, in our Acts verse, Jesus tells his followers, and that includes us today, that they will be his witnesses. And a witness is quite simply someone who sees something take place. So I think here Jesus is asking them, "What have you seen when you've been living with me? Like, what did I do?" What did I say? Where did I go? What bits of our culture and injustices did I fight? Who did I stand up for? Who did I spend time with? Why did I do what I did? And Jesus isn't saying, so now I just want you to go and talk to people and tell them stories about me. Jesus is saying, yes, do that, but you go and do what you've seen me do. Go, go and do the same. And like, this isn't easy. Um, yeah, As I've said, kind of the, the invitation is simple. Um, it's an awesome life-transforming adventure that Jesus is inviting us into. But it's also costly. Like, sometimes we, I think we kind of gloss over the cost or choose to ignore it. But Jesus didn't. Like when he was alive, he asked people to leave everything to follow him. Like literally, leave everything. Leave your job, leave your family, come follow me. He asked people to pick up their cross, which at that time was like so much more than just a cute metaphor. But he asked people to pick up their cross and follow him. But do you know what? Like it might not be easy, but I think this is proper good stuff. Like following Jesus isn't safe, comfortable or boring. Well, like it's not supposed to be anyway. Um, When we answer Jesus' invitation to go, we're saying yes to something that is edgy and unpredictable, to something and someone that is authentic and powerful. Um, N.T. Wright, Um, says what we have to do is to respond to the love poured out on the cross with love of our own. Love for the one who died, yes, but also love for those around us, especially those in particular need. And part of the challenge of putting that into practice is that the powers, in whatever form, will be angry. They want to keep the world in their own grip. They will fight back. So, like, that's it. Like, just want to say let's go. You know, let's, let's do this together. And we cheer each other on in wherever our places are, what, whoever our people are, because we believe this invitation is for every single one of us. And we're confident that we go with the full backing of Jesus. Like, we're going to need to stand firm we're going to need to pray hard to persevere. But we go motivated by and in response to Jesus' love. Literally believing that, that, that Jesus Jesus with us can change the world.